Hi, I'm Simon Theakston, and welcome to the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The way the global obsession with the crime genre continues to grow year on year is simply astonishing, and this year's long list proves the remarkable talent on offer in crime writing from legends of the craft to eager-eyed newcomers. The short list is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our long-listed authors for this coveted award and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm going to have a glass of Old Peculiar, because they say an Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. I'll tell you why if you come to the festival in July. Good health. Hello, I'm Joe Haddow, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award longlistees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with title sponsor Theakston's Old Peculiar. And today I'm joined by multi-award winning author M.W. Craven. Hello, welcome to you, Mike. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. And good, I'm good. Um, already. I've been admiring the stiff little fingers T-shirt. Uh, <laughs> really into that, um, and really into your bookshelves. Actually, you've chosen a very nice backdrop. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 I'm in someone else's house. Obviously, I don't have anything as cool as that. No, the other is my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> um, and congratulations on uh, being longlisted. The book is Dead Ground and is part of the Washington Post series. So for those who may not have read one of these books before, many watching will have. Uh, but for those that haven't, can you just tell us a little bit about DS Poe and, and maybe then set up the story in this latest book? Yes, certainly. Um, the, the Washington Post series started off um, with the puppet show in, in 2018 with uh, Sergeant... Washington Poe, he was suspended at the start of the book for something that went on um, off, off screen, as it were. And he is dragged back into the case because a serial killer has carved um, his name onto his third victim. He's dragged back into work and he uh, ends up working with this uh, uh, civilian uh, profiler, really, called uh, Tilly Bradshaw. And they initially don't like each other. She is an academic. It's her first ever job. She... Um, it's one of those once-in-a-generation minds. Um, they are uh, it's very much an odd, an odd couple type relationship, but they, they seem to work. So he's dark and cynical and sarcastic and sweary and uh, quite violent in the, in the first couple of books. Uh, yeah. She is sweet and naive and has never uh, stepped outside of a... Um, never stepped away from a computer before. And they, they get into all sorts of wacky adventures and they, save, and, and they become firm friends and it's really the beating heart of the... Of the uh, story, the end of the last book before Dead Ground, Poe was uh, in the process of getting evicted from his isolated croft, um, well cottage um, on this isolated fell in um, a, a very dark part of the Lake District, and Tilly and Poe are in court, uh, and she has found a loophole which will allow him to stay where he is, and they're just about to win the case, and some people come in and stop the case, and they drag him off to Manchester, um, some people from MI5 who want his help solving a murder in a pop-up brothel in Carlisle, because pop-up brothels are a thing now, apparently. <laughs> right. they, they really are, they really are. Okay. Um, so whatever you do with Airbnb, make sure you put no pop-up God. brothel on, on the thing. Uh, and they uh, they quickly realise there's a link to a... They're calling because there's a, a big trade summit going on in Cumbria, and one of the 
VIP helicopter pilots who's ferrying VIPs in and out has been is the guy murdered in the thing. And they quickly find a link to a previous case three years ago where there was a bank heist where nothing was taken. Somebody was left dead at the scene and there was a ceramic rat left in one of these safety deposit boxes. Then it all goes on from there. Uh, and it's a bit of fun. Uh, it was actually quite close to my heart, actually, dead ground, because there's a lot of uh, the, the military stuff in. And I, I, was, I was 12 years in the army, so there's a military link into it as well. So that was it was nice to sort of pay a bit of a homage to my previous life as a, as a soldier. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because also, as you say, there's there's the sort of military side to it, which you have experience of. But also I thought um, there's a sort of, we, we we get to spend a lot of time in Cumbria in this novel. And I just got the f- sense from the writing that it's a place that you not only know well, but you you sort of, you love as well. Yeah, well, I, when, when I was at, we used to holiday here when I was, because when I say here, I, I live in Cumbria. You live there uh, now. I am. Um, <laughs> We used to hold there, and my parents became very good friends with a farmer, um, and his son is about the same age as me. Still, so he's been my best friend for like forty odd years now. <laughs> and I, I used to, when I was when I lived in Newcastle at the time, and but when I was on leave in the army, I would go across. And um, when I left the army, I thought well, I want to actually live in Cumbria rather than Newcastle. So I got a job as a I went to university and got a social work degree, um, with the express purpose of becoming a probation officer. In Cumbria, which is which is what I did. I was lucky enough to get that job. Um, came across, did quite well in my second career as in probation. Ended up assistant chief officer in charge of the entire county. Uh, did um, some good, I like to think. But then the opportunity <laughs> yeah. came to to leave and become a full time writer, which, which I took in 2015. But my love of Cumbria, particularly the, and I think it's because of my probation background. I know there's other parts of Cumbria that people might be unaware of. So they know the honeypots of Grasmere and Ambleside and Windermere and, yeah. and the big glamorous mountains, but they don't say the deprivation. Um, I mean, parts of Cumbria have a lower GDP than the Czech Republic. So, I mean, there's, there's, some, there's a lot of poverty and, and, and right. crime in, in Cumbria. Which, so I'm quite keen to, to look at those areas as well, which is why I put Poe on Chapfell, because that is not... If, if you're going hiking on Chapfell, you're a serious walker. You, you haven't just, you're not, you're not there with a pair of shorts and flip flops and a picnic basket. You're, you're there with not your, like me. Yeah, you're there with your immersion suit and, and things like that because it can get quite nasty very quickly out there. And there's no one, there's no one lives on Chap. Um, and I mean, no one. I mean, Poe doesn't really right, live there. I mean, right. you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't live there. So yeah, but I, I suppose the love the, and company does become a character um, in 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 the book, and I do use the geography. And the isolation sometimes to to my advantage. I mean, it's not as bleak as I pay. I mean, there aren't people <laughs> no. being killed left, right, and centre. Oh, but I mean, in the puppet show, I did talk about stone circles, and we do have sixty three stone circles in Cumbria, which shows at some point, probably the Neolithic period, it was basically the capital of what is now the UK. I mean, it was it was yeah. where Neolithic axes were traded, and there's a lot of history, support, and evidence that suggests that Cumbria, not the London area what was was the place to be it's a place where all the you went clubbing and literally clubbing um, <laughs> yeah clubbing in a different way <laughs> wow that's i mean yeah it's 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 a beautiful place and has a rich history as well so i can see why you write about it and why you wanted to live there um and i spoke to mark billingham recently um and we were talking about the sort the importance of humor in crime fiction in fiction in in general um and you've definitely got some 
laughs in this book. And I just wonder, do you find, do you find the humour comes quite easily from the characters when you're writing? It does. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it does, because particularly the later books, when Poe has sort of mellowed out a bit, so he was very angry in the first book, particularly because of what happened to him. But in the later books, mm. um, he, he's got a little network of friends now, but he's very sarcastic. He's uh, misanthropic. And Tilly is the exact opposite. So there's, I, I, I can't remember which book it is. It might be this one, the other one, when he, he goes to spend Christmas at Tilly's house and she wants him to sing carols. And it, it's got, it's, um, this is what happens when a rock, uh, when a rock meets a hard place. And it's like the, the, um, the uh, sorry, the immovable object meets uh, whatever it is. And it's the immovable object that ends up wearing a party hat and singing Christmas carols. Um, so the humour, it, it sort of comes a bit natural, but you have to work at it as well. So there's a part in Dead Ground. Um, where Tilly is explaining the rules of Muggle Quidditch to Poe, which had been cut from two other books on word count and, and things, but it was such a nice scene. I was desperate to get it in, and uh, luckily I, I found a nice way to, to get it into that book. So sometimes I'll, I will have scenes um, that, I've, that I've got in my head that I want to... They, there's, there's one, I ended up going in a short story, which was cut from four books, actually, including Dead Ground, where Tilly explains the dynamics of falling toasts and why it always lands butter side down. <laughs> Um, so you can have a lot of humour with that. But also Tilly gets to explain things to Poe and therefore I get to explain things to readers as well. Mm. So you can get across mm. some quite complex ideas because Poe needs it dumbed down to his level. I'm not saying my readers are dumb, but if I can understand it, then I guess the majority <laughs> of the readers will, will understand it because I'm quite Poe-like when it, when, it, when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, I enjoy putting the humour in and also putting humour in. And I, I imagine Mark said this as well. Um, in fact, I know will, because I've, I've talked about this. Uh, it allows you to go a bit darker because there's always a, a bit of smile at, at, at the end that you can, you can take readers back out and say, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, you, can have a, you, can, you can laugh about this because the characters yeah, yeah. on the page are laughing about this and yeah. they're making dark jokes. So, so it, it's okay. Because if it's unrelent, unrelenting bleakness, it's, it can be quite a tough read. Uh, for, for, for some, and we all know there's authors who, who can get away with that. But if I wrote bleak, 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 um, I, I, I think I, I, I don't think I'd be very good at it, quite frankly. I need the humor because the, the books I read are all by authors who put humor in their books, like Carl Hyacin and Terry Pratchett, and mm. um, some, some of the really funny laugh out loud, you know, Mick, Mick Heron. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. reading quite a dark bit, and you'll suddenly just burst out laughing because he's just put <laughs> a single phrase in that just makes you laugh. And it's just such a nice thing to laugh, um, even particularly particularly um, as a tension, as a, as a way to break tension. It's it's a, it's a, so it's a device really, but it's yeah, also, it's also what I like to read anyway. And yeah, it's good to have that relief, isn't it? Especially in when we when we are reading mm. dark stories. Um, and how did it feel to hear that you'd been longlisted, Mike? I, I was flabbergasted, to be honest. Not, not. I, I, I remember my editor saying that I had been entered, mm. and I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd been entered before, um, but I, I, di I didn't. I had no idea that um, when when the longlist because because I had never been longlisted. This is my first time being longlisted. Yeah, you know, it is. Yeah. Crime writing novel here, so I wasn't sort of aware when. So I knew when the daggers. Roughly when they come out, because I've I've been I've been shortlisted. For, um, every every poem book's been shortlisted for a dagger. But this is a brand new experience for me, so I was absolutely delighted. I really was because I've been going to the Thixton's Old Peculiar Crime Festival since two thousand and 
2013, 2012. Yeah, right. Um, um, yeah. Just as a, a sort of um, a, a reader of crime fiction. And then later as, a, as an author with a small publisher and le- then later with Little Brown. And so you're gradually just seeing and every time you go to the festival, it, it's you get a different experience because you know more people than you did last time. So the first time it was quite insular and that I knew there's the people that I knew before. Now I go and sometimes like you, I mean, I'm trying to get my way to the bar and you end up having like 15 conversations <laughs> and my wife's saying, where's my bloody drink? Another another five minutes. Or, yeah. I'll, or I'll come back with five pints because people have wanted me to buy me drinks. and this. <laughs> Take your pick. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. The, the, the festival, it really is. And also the, the books that win... Um, the award are phenomenal. I mean, I mean, we begin at the end one last year and that's, that's, that I, I was talking about today with, with someone and I said, that book will always be in my top five books of all, of all time. I mean, as soon as wow. I read it, um, cause uh, I know Chris, he, he sent me an advanced copy and I thought that's going to win every award that year. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's no other books going to come anywhere near it. And I, I, when, when, um, cause we were in the, in the tent, uh, I wasn't actually in there for the ceremony. People said, who do you think is going to win? I think Chris, Chris Whitlock is going to win this year. Not, not a question. And then Brian McGilloway, who was um, a fellow constable um, author, got a highly highly commended or wherever it was, um, which is a huge achievement in itself. But then Chris Chris won. So the, the, the quality of the, the books that win, I, I think, is, is, a, is, is a hallmark of, of the award, actually. So it's, it's a huge honour just to be even considered at the, on the very periphery. Um, so it, it, yeah, it's absolutely thrilling. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, congratulations again, and I look forward to um, fighting uh, towards the bar with you, <laughs> buying you five pints uh, at Harrogate in uh, July. Um, and just a reminder that all of our long-listed books are available to buy, of course, from Waterstones. But if you've already read Dead Ground and you know that you want it to be the winner, well, head over to HarrogateThiextonCrimeAward.com where you can cast your vote. But you must do it before the 26th of May. Um, Mike, what a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you there um, in in glorious sunshine, I don't doubt. Um, Thanks for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joe. Bye. 